Check. Check. Good morning. Check. Good afternoon. We are live on the council, and uh, I, we're just about ready to go live on another camera here. We are just talking to the international camera. Thank you all for being here today. We have got an incredible show for you here on the council, and as soon as this other camera comes on, we are going to get started. And uh, here we go. We're uh, we're live. Welcome to the council. Good afternoon. I'm your host, Charlie Pacello, and we've got a great show for you today. It is uh, Friday, and June, I guess it's June 8th, and I just want to make a quick shout-out announcement to our sponsor, REMAX Alliance. REMAX Alliance, if you want to buy a home in Colorado, go to these guys. It's homesincolorado.com, homesincolorado.com. Uh, I know them personally. They're great friends of mine. I've uh, known them for a very long time. You need to buy or sell a home, go to REMAX Alliance. Again, homesincolorado.com. Um, just want to kind of preface this show a little bit. Uh, we had, you know, there, there's some celebrities that have recently committed suicide. And this show is about hope. To help those people who may have lost hope, may have gone into a place of despair, may have, uh, you know, who, the, the guy or the girl who's, you know, suffering, who's, you know, a refugee coming across the, the, the Mediterranean or somebody in prison or somebody who's living in, in abject poverty. I hope that this show, The Council, gives you hope, the hope of something better, something, something deeper inside of you and to give you the sense that there is something greater than just the little lives that we live. And I, and I have been in, in that place of suicide before, and it's a horrible place. And uh, obviously I didn't make it, or I didn't take that choice. And I, it's because of the path that I ended up following. And the, uh, the guest that I have that I'll be introducing here shortly was one of the key instrumental people to help me along that path. You know, I... Um, there's an ancient Chinese quote that says, I will never seek or accept my own personal salvation. I do not want to receive satisfaction by myself. Always and everywhere I live and I work, I will hope and strive for the universal salvation of all people and all creatures in the world. Until all have been saved and freed, I will not abandon this world of sin, sadness, and strife. And this is this ancient Chinese wisdom that you see permeated in all of the religious traditions throughout the world. It's a universal thing. And to me, this quote represents the path of the mystic. One who's decided to seek the divine, to seek the divine within him or her. And it's share this path of with others to help them liberate themselves, liberate their souls from suffering. And it's a path I walked, it just happened. Uh, you know, I wanted to understand that which united us all at a very fundamental level. I was fascinated by people who could walk all these different faiths and love God in so many different ways and knowing that God was going to love you no matter what faith you are. No matter who, you, do you think God loves Mahatma Gandhi any less? Or Martin Luther King any less? Or anybody who worships some other religion than you do? He doesn't. He doesn't. And, you know, I actually turned my back on God. I was searching for God because I couldn't understand how God would create a world of pain, of suffering, of violence, of despair. 
And uh, it was a consequence of the work I was doing in the Air Force and the horrible pain I witnessed around me. I just couldn't understand, you know, how could this all be? What, what was the point of all this pain and suffering and, un and people being unkind and unmerciful with each other? You know, was this all there is? You know, why was I given this gift of consciousness only if it's going to be ripped out of me at the moment of my death? What's the point of living a good life, a moral life, if the memory of your own existence and your life would just suddenly be dissolved into the void of nothingness, this darkness, and the whole point would be meaningless? And so I had this existential crisis uh, which brought me to that edge of suicide along with the trauma that I had experienced because it all just seemed pointless and absurd. And then something happened in the dark night of my soul and when I was on the edge of the abyss. I started praying for absolution for my, my erroneous ways with God and the God I had abandoned uh, because I didn't see or know him personally and I had accused him of being cruel, unkind, and damning. And then something happened. Something happened, and I began my spiritual journey. So today on the council, we're going to make this shift. We are going to push the envelope a little bit here today to introduce you to some areas that you may not have known before. And it's all this spirituality, all this stuff about spirituality and mysticism we're going to talk about today is not something to be afraid of. It's something to be embraced. It's something to be welcomed and marveled at the mystery of it. All religious traditions have a mystical path, all of them. It's a personal, deep connection to the divine that ultimately animates everything that we see. You find it in Christianity. You find it in Judaism. <clears throat> you find it in Islam, you find it in Buddhism, you find it in Hinduism, you find it in Taoism, and in, in people who've had near-death experiences. It's really under interesting to, ha to understand how all this began to happen. How, why today? Why is all this information coming to us and being revealed to us on such a large scale? I mean, it's amazing to see, like, if you look all across the West, this integration and assimilation of all these different kinds of different healing modalities, Reiki and uh, yoga and meditation and uh, energy healing and psychic healing, all these things. Where did it come from? How did it happen? And if you really sit down quietly and, and, and just sit with your just self for just a little moment, you can sense this urgency around us. We're living in really extraordinary times. Things are happening so fast, we just, we don't even know what's, what the next thing is going to be happening or what's going to be happening the next day. And as I was preparing for the show, I came across some lectures by a wonderful, wonderful teacher by the name of Carolyn Meese. She is uh, amazing. She's a renowned teacher of spirituality and mysticism and is just an amazing, amazing woman. And she, she had some profound wisdom to share. And... She had a mystical experience herself after she had experienced a seizure, I believe. And in one of her lectures recently, she said we're in this atmosphere that we've never been in before. And she brought some clarity and understanding to this era of this psychic and energetic healing that I would like to share with you before I introduce my guest. World War II, Carolyn pointed out, was a major turning point for humanity. And I really connected to what she was saying here. 
Because in 1945, 1944, 1945, we inaugurated the nuclear age, the Manhattan Project. We split the atom. And that moment changed everything. It changed everything. It changed how we would live. It changed who we would become. It changed us forever. Now, there are two things that drive a human being. The need to create and the need to survive. And all of a sudden, we were living under this nuclear consciousness. We are the only people in thousands of years of recorded history to live under nuclear consciousness. The only ones who've grown up worrying of whether or not we're going to survive as a species. Worrying, are, are, are we going to survive? Are my children going to survive? And this has become normalized in our lives. It's because we, can't, we live under a constant threat. When you think about it, it can be very scary. It's very frightening. Now, I worked on the nuclear warfare program. I felt this. I experienced this huge crisis, this epic crisis at first hand. And I had horrible nightmares about it. It was, it was terrible. And when we kicked this age off, you know, we opened up the cosmic atomic age with the intent to kill. Right reasons, wrong reasons, for better, for worse. You know, what President Truman had to make those decisions under those circumstances, you know, I may have made the same, the same decision at the time. But the point is, is that we inaugurated it with the intent to kill. Now, nature's instinct spun us the other way. It cracked open the spiritual age. And if we look at it from a mythological viewpoint, it's we pretty much stole the fire. This was Prometheus coming down and giving us the fire and Zeus getting really upset and mad and now giving it to humanity, Pandora's box. And it's all because we stole the fire. Everything is affected by it. Everything has changed. It's about who has the fire, who has the nuclear weapons, who has them, who's trying to get them, who doesn't have them? How can we prevent those from getting them? It's all, everything, the whole world is affected by it. Our economies, our institutions, our, 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 our livelihoods, our relationships, all are under the influence of this nuclear consciousness. And this has morphed us. It's changed the quality of our relationships. It's changed how we relate. It's suddenly become all about this immediate gratification immediate financing, immediate satisfaction. We change our relationships like we change our shirts. Nothing's lasting. And nothing is made for the long term. We don't have longevity built into our thinking anymore. Not like we had 20 or 30 years ago. And it's because our basic survival instinct doesn't know how to navigate this time anymore. All we have is, oh my God. Just look at the news. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All the time. And as a consequence of this, it, we started to turn inward. We, and we're beginning to recognize that everything is connected. Everything is interconnected. Every atom, every cell, every plant, every tree, every being, everything is involved. We're all in this together. Science is proving this. The mystical traditions have known this for a long time. Physics is proving this. And we're beginning to see that the water, the food, the air, the land is participating in this new time. 
again, nature cracked open this spiritual age. It, it's we're being forced to look within at things we didn't for, with new eyes. It unlocked this wild appetite to understand, un, you know, the consciousness, to balance the dark power that looms over us, and that's going insane and trying to control every move we make. I mean, just think about all the changes ha that have happened in the last 30 years. Everything is being recorded. Everything is being watched. And as a consequence, it's awakened this inner frontier. The inner frontier, which is a counter to that dark power that was inaugurated in World War II. There was this light that emerged in the 60s. The wild wild light and there may be some Vietnam vets out there who contest this but I want you to look at this from a larger context suddenly we see emerging this holistic health movement the new age the age of Aquarius the ecological focus on nature and our impact on it in 1959 the Dalai Lama was forced to leave Tibet in 1962 there was Vatican II the Eastern tradition comes west the West goes East, and all these mystical documents suddenly just poured into the mainstream. They discovered the Gnostic Gospels. Meditation comes along. Yoga. The Beatles go to India. The understanding of the chakras. And very recently, the Catholic Church had two popes. Two popes. When did they ever see that happening? It's almost like the spiritual world was looking at this dark world and was like, oh yeah, watch this. You want to see what happens? Watch now. And we're a result of that. We are the awareness of these collisions of forces that are happening on the planet right now. And what's really important to get from, from this talk here is that you've got to take charge of the power within. Within you. This was a strategic political move by the spiritual higher powers in order to get us to start paying attention to the power that was within us. The power that we project on other people, other institutions, other organizations, other governments, we need to start taking that power back. This is about you and recognizing how you are wired. That's one of the things that Jesus was about. It was about demonstrating and standing up to the establishment and empowering the individual. Now it's time for us to start activating that within us. Jesus and others, as you'll hear, showed us the way. We just have to do it now for ourselves. And this division between religions must disintegrate. It must happen in our lifetimes. It may not happen in our lifetimes, but it will happen in our children's lifetimes. The sacred truths that underlie all of our spiritual traditions are virtually the same. Truth is truth is truth. All right, we've got to get that power back within ourselves. And I want to tell you, I'm going to read you some teachings from four people. Jesus, Krishna, Buddha, and Lao Tzu. Folks, they were talking about the same thing. Jesus, Luke chapter 17, 21. The kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. Krishna, the Upanishads, he can be found as spokes of a wheel, 
As the wheel turns, he will reveal himself to you. Therefore, meditate on him, and you will reach the farthest shore, which is beyond all darkness. Buddha, the Dhammapada. If you wish to reach the farthest shore, follow the path of Dharma. Crossing over, you will be beyond the reach of death. Lao Tzu and the Tao Te Ching. To be one with Tao is to reach eternity. To reach eternity is to reach safe haven. To be in a safe haven is to become whole. Then even death ceases to hold power over you. At the mystical level, they were all teaching the same thing. The truth is indistinguishable. We have to get that truth back in our lives. That lives within all of us. And we can do it. It's a big task, but we can all make a small step. Now today on the council, we're going to dive deeper into this understanding of the psychic and energetic healing and the Maha Siddha medicines from India. My very special guest right here, who's been calling back and forth, because we, we had a little bit of a disconnection happening, so bear with us, folks, um, is my very, very dear friend and special guest, Dr. Ron Holman. Dr. Holman is an ambassador of Maha Siddha Alchemy and Medicines. He has traveled the world since 1995 and has sought the secret to spontaneous remission of disease to bring home to his lifelong partner, Linda, who lived 27 years longer than the doctors said possible. Dr. Holman, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> uh, Ron, could you basically tell, tell the audience a little bit about your background and and how you came to your work. Well, when I was a young man, I uh, was the 60s, and I got lost very badly in the 60s. And in 1976, I was uh, sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I decided to take some responsibility for the life that I was living that was uh, really quite horrible. And uh, when I got out of my uh, ninth uh, rehab program, I decided to go back to school. And I finished my bachelor's degrees, I got a master's degree, and I got a doctorate in psychology with the sole purpose of uh, helping people that were headed where I had been. And along the way, I discovered that uh, you know, my situation, as dire as it was, uh, there was grace available uh, to me, and I just needed to open my heart to receive it, which is what I started doing in uh, <clears throat> the late 70s, and have uh, subsequently, uh, through my travels throughout the world, studying uh, energetic medicine and spontaneous remission of disease and every culture that I could find that had something to say about all that uh, to bring home to my wife. And along the way, a lot of things awoke within me. Well, it, uh, what was some of the, uh, you know, I, it's certainly when, when that awakening happens, uh, something that it's really indescribable, and, but it's it, the only thing way I can describe it is that you feel this light within, 
you literally feel something that connects you to everything that is. And when you went to India, what besides what was what drew you? Was there something that drew you there that 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 brought you to that continent? I mean, there was always kind of a mystery to that to that whole place. Is it was it something you always dreamed about, or was it just something a calling that led you to that magical place? Yeah, all of that. Uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, in nineteen ninety one. I went to India in uh, 95, but in 91, one of the one of the baby steps that I took to discover more uh, of what was inside of me and how I got to be the way I was and how I could let go of the stuff that wasn't serving me uh, as much anymore, you know, I went to a uh, fire walk. And my belief system did not allow me to walk on 1,100 degrees barefooted and not burn off my feet, but I did it. And when I got off the fire, the question that exploded in my awareness and consciousness and in my mind is, what else do I believe that exactly the way I believe it? That where are the exceptions to everything that I believe. So that that motivated me to start talking and exploring with anybody that had anything to say about, you know, energy, medicine, consciousness, awareness. And uh, so I was drawn to India. Mm. I, 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 I read a book in somebody's library and you know, sort of a magical thing happened as I was reading the book. And I saw these these hearts floating out of the book. You know, like on your on your text, if somebody gives you hearts it, it like flutters up from the bottom of the text. Well I saw this coming out of a book that was in my hand. And so I thought, wow, I'm supposed to go to India to meet this guy. So I did. And before I went to India I was on the corner of Moore Park in Vineland, and a street person, filthy, dirty, long matted hair woman, came walking across the uh, sidewalk, and my heart, we gotta learn to listen to our hearts. Our, my heart said, give her money. So I followed her into the parking lot, and I rolled down the window, she was 20 feet from me walking away, and I said, may I give you some money? She turns around, and as God is my witness, out of her eyes came a laser beam of light that dissolved the $20 bill in my hand. And all I could do was cry for the next week. And I said to her, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. And I don't know how I got from the parking lot back onto the freeway halfway to my office. And, you know, this, like, started another whole chapter of... Uh, I would say venturing outside of the box of how I understood life worked. Wow, 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 wow. What an incredible, incredible story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, and, you know, you know it's, it's probably worth mentioning that besides my studies and my traveling and investigating of all this stuff, you know, my day job is that I own and operate insurance companies. 
that specialize in uh, the delivery of mental health and drug and alcohol to some 500 corporations. Wow. And we manage 1,500 new patients a month. So, you know, I have sought to bring my understanding of how life and consciousness and energy and love works to my job. That's incredible uh, to be able to bridge that, bridge that spirituality into something that's practical, that people can use, that anybody can use, and to incorporate, to enhance, and to give depth and meaning into their lives. Uh, I think it's absolutely incredible, Ron. We, um, what is this level of consciousness that we keep talking about? You know, as when I when I think of consciousness, you know, it's this awareness, it's being you know awake. I can tell that I'm here and I'm sitting down and I, and I as I've done my own studies and investigations on it uh, you know there's different levels you have the physical level which is our survival level and it correlates and corresponds to our lower three chakras it's about survival and then you have the second level which is your inner life and that corresponds to the next four chakras and that's all about energy and our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions and our memories uh, that a lot, or and probably our karmic patterns as well. Um, and then the third level is the transcendent, and that's the next three, and that's connected to the mystical laws, the sacred laws, and the law of grace. What else can you share with the audience about your understanding of consciousness and why it's such an important thing to incorporate and to pursue in an indivi- in an individual's life? So, I think Jesus is credited with saying something like, in silence you will know me. So, when I started diving into consciousness within this body, uh, that's what I did. I started meditating. And uh, for years... I would do three hours in the morning before work, 4 to 7 a.m., and then at night, 6 to 9. And, you know, it is a journey beyond the mind. So whatever you think is is, uh, consciousness is about or whatever somebody else reports about consciousness, all of that is... I mean, if you were going to describe Texas or Colorado to somebody that had never been there, I mean, they could get a general mental uh, uh, understanding, maybe, of what, you know, the mountains look like and the altitude and, you know, the pristine air and everything. But wait until you're standing, you know, in the midst of that majesticness that those mountains carry to experience Colorado. That's a whole different story. And that's what diving into the depth of your own consciousness, your own awareness, the silence within, that you start personally discovering, uh, you know, that sacred place within. And there's infinite possibilities. There's infinite depths. Uh, we say that the, that the universe is expanding and that there's infinite possibilities. Well, how do you awaken that? 
I mean, all these descriptions that people give about energy centers and about what chakras do and everything, that's all good. But it's only as good as somebody that's never been to Colorado, you know, to appreciate until they actually stand on the mountain. Wow. Uh, You know, and it's... uh... And it's a process. It's a, you know I've I've been meditating for a, a number of years as well. And the more I do it, the more, the deeper I get. The more it's, there's a sense, there's a lightness that you feel. And I don't think I've gotten quite yet to where you're at yet as far as experiencing that sense of Colorado like that. But there are brief moments where there is a sense of grace and peace that comes that you cannot explain. And you cannot explain. And I think this is at one of the things that's at the heart of mysticism is this really deep connection to the divine. And it's a personal experience. St. Francis of Assisi experienced it. St. John of the Cross. St. Teresa of Avila uh, in the Christian tradition. There are others who have done that. Uh, many, many others. What is mysticism to you, Ron? And does it how does it influence the healing of the soul does our healing begin in the soul yeah you mentioned uh saint francis and uh saint john of the cross uh and Teresa of avila you know saint john of the cross is one of my all-time heroes and in his book the uh, ascent to mount carmel he says in there that there is no such thing as pure evil that there's some light in the darkest of demon, or else it would it would destroy itself. And the Buddhist taught Marma as the demon that guards the sixth gate of heaven. And any that can get past uh, Marma, Marma celebrates. So the whole idea of good and evil in my travels and in my studies have been completely shook up and the understanding of black and i mean it's just you know it's just not that way Mm -hmm. so my personal experience uh, about mysticism you know i don't i don't know that you know i can even really talk about that i mean i can tell you about my experiences Mm -hmm. i can tell you that you know, I used to be a quadruple type A personality, and I'm, I'm not anymore. I can tell you that through my travels and my studies and opening up my heart, you know, I could pretty much tell if somebody's telling me the truth or not. You know, I have a mechanism within me that, you know, just signals me. And when somebody lies to me, you know, I just bless them because that's the best they can do to make whatever point they're making you know we are constantly faced with the opportunity in all of the circumstances of our life to one get closer to god as a result of those circumstances or further away as a result of those circumstances Mm -hmm. so my philosophical mystical view of life revolves around you know this concept that I can take every circumstance and through it get closer to God one way or another yeah. I, um, 
I agree. No, it's that personal relationship that we have with God is such an important one. And I think it's added a lot of the problems that we see in society is because we don't have that personal connection to the divine within us. Uh, we put it outside of ourselves. We put it outside of us on some planet looking down on us out there. And it's once we start to recognize that everything is interconnected and that the that which animates all animates us as well that connection that being closer to god uh, you just it just changes you it shifts you in a different way and you have more peace you have you you're, you're much more gentle you're softer you're kinder and you're not you're not likely to get involved in some kind of conflict just to get in conflict uh, and you see each other as, as brothers and sisters. You are just a quick station announcements. We are broadcasting live here on KUHSDenver.com. That's KUHSDenver.com. We are broadcasting all over Colorado, the nation, all around the world. People are tuning in from every continent, uh, and it's just incredible. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to serve you, and thank you for tuning in. Um, do you think anybody, Ron, you're a, you are the ambassador of Maha Siddha Alchemy, uh, and we've known each other for a long time, many, many years. Uh, I've come to your office a number of times, and I've been a part, welcome to your home, and a wonderful gathering of so many wonderful, kind, and loving people who are trying to bring more love and light into the world, who are bringing more love and light into the world. Um, can you educate the audience about the Maha Siddha medicine because they're meeting for you for the first time, who they are, and and how you came to know them. Okay, the Mahasiddhas are beings of light that used to be, let's say, encased in a physical body and have transcended into light. So in the uh, Christian tradition, we would consider Jesus the Christ a Maha Siddha because his physical body dissolved into light and he ascended into heaven. Mm -hmm. In the Old Testament, you have Elijah and Ezekiel that were taken up into heaven with their bodies. So this phenomenon happens in all traditions. Muhammad ascended into heaven with his body. In India, there's actually thousands of Maha Siddhas that have dissolved into light and have ascended into heaven. Some of them come back with a body like Jesus does. Mm -hmm. the, it's called Jiva Samadhi in India. In Tibet, the Buddhists call it rainbow body. Mm -hmm. And there's thousands of them that have done it. And in China, the, the, it's called golden light body. So this is a, uh, you know, my hero, uh, one of my heroes is Boganathar, who was Babaji's teacher. And in his poetry, he says that when the distinctions between the body and the soul disappear, time and distance disappear. Mm -hmm. So ascending or evolving to this place would seem to be the natural path for our species to move towards in whatever tradition you're following. They all get you to the same place. So 
some of these traditions, like, you know, uh, at the Last Supper, Jesus gave the bread and the wine. And this is a Mahasiddha medicine. The sacraments, yeah. Sacraments, it's a Siddha medicine. Mm -hmm. And this Siddha medicine energetically the goal of it is to awaken within the individual that takes it deeper realms in their heart. So the Oramus that we are making available uh, is a Maha Siddha medicine, and that's at anewalchemy.com. Mm -hmm. um, there are other medicines. The Buddhists for, for centuries have made these medicine pills which are herbs, and the energetic blessing of the uh, uh, teacher that made the medicine, gave it to his uh, disciples. They took it and added it to their batch, and they handed it down, handed it down, handed it down. So by the time it gets down to us, these medicine pills are just filled with a lineage of blessings and of energy. So this is the, you know, energy is at the, at the root of laying on a hands. We, we, we read about this in the, in the New and the Old Testament. So energy work, energy healing, mm -hmm. energetic medicine. You know, these are all tools for us. They don't give us anything that we don't already have. They simply uh, sort of shake us up in areas maybe that we're stuck to allow us to sink deeper into the depth of who we are so we can discover those deeper layers of love within us. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So I have lots of medicine, lots of oils. I have essences, uh, Siddha medicines, plasma oils, and this will all be available on a new alchemy.com. That is so beautiful, and it, and it's and it, and it works. You know, I've been doing, uh, I've been making Ormus with you for a number of years, or it was when I was out there in LA. And this is the actual Ormus, a new alchemy that uh, you can find on www.anewalchemy a n u a l c h e m y dot com. That's a n a n u a l c h emy.com and uh, it does it enhances it uh, it deepens it opens up your heart to love it's it's uh, rejuvenation rejuvenation for your skin and your bones and your spirit and your heart and it, and I've been taking doing taking Ormus I think for almost I think about four years now and uh, it's uh, it has certainly enhanced uh, my spiritual uh, evolution in ways that I've, subtle ways that I probably um, don't even quite understand yet, but have felt. And knowing my heart is open to more compassion, knowing my heart is open to more love, and knowing my heart is open to people that wanting to give them that same kind of medicine as well. Do you think, Ron, that, you know, because we have so many different people from, from all over the world, that are listening in on this and then they come from these different religious backgrounds they come from the christian background they come from a muslim background jewish 
There's Buddhists who listen to us. There's Hindu religion, Hindus, Sufis. There's Native American traditions. Uh, and there's atheists as well. Is there anything that we're describing here, something that they should fear? And why or why not? Well, I would say that what's behind all, all fear is, uh, is uh, change. Mm. I mean, just think about it. When you go to school, I remember when I went to first grade and I had to leave my mommy and go into a building, you know, with a bunch of other kids and other adults that I didn't know. So I think that that's really a natural response, at least at first. Then what we do is we look at our lives and we look at what's working and we look at what isn't working how are we getting along with people? How are we getting along with our loved ones, our children, our wife, our friends? How, we do, how do people view me? And if that's all above 50%, you know, I would say you're doing pretty good. If it's below 50%, it would seem like something needs to change. So change means looking within you. Mm-hmm. And even if life is good, these, I would say, sacraments can just take you within your own tradition even. All traditions have got sacraments of one kind or another. That to the extent that I can open my heart to what I know, let alone what I don't know, but if I just open my heart deeper to what I, uh, what, what is within my own tradition and my own teachings and meditate on some of the words or some of the passages or some of the teachings and just ask God to awaken me to the deeper meaning of what you have in this for me. You know, um, Cleopatra uh, bathed in milk to say, stay young. This is the stories that have floated down through history. Mm-hmm. What she called milk was Oramus. Wow. And Oramus <laughs> put on the skin will actually act like a natural Botox. Wow. You know, and it, it smooths. Uh, there was a lady that just started taking it here just about two weeks ago. The first time I saw her, her face was puffy. It's not puffy anymore. Wow. And uh, the Jews, when they were in the desert in the Old Testament, were reported to have taken manna from heaven. Mm-hmm. Manna is Oramus. Wow. <laughs> so these sacraments from many different traditions, many different understandings, um, can support every human being in your own tradition to deepen your capacity to love mm. it doesn't call for you to subscribe to anything other than you know what you believe in mm-hmm. and isn't that what we need a lot of is a lot of love i think that's the one thing that unites us all ron you know if we go down to the very core fundamental 
quality essence of, uh, of all, all around the, the globe all around, is love. And if we could get to that basic uh, fundamental understanding that is at the root of all these different religions, all these different places throughout history, if we can see that, if we can feel that, if we can see, not with our eyes, but if we can see through the eyes of our heart, we can, we can change this world into a place, to, to the Garden of Eden that it was always meant to be. As above, so below. And, um, you know, I think it's so true about, you know, getting over and, and being able to move beyond that fear. Now, you know, uh, we were talking a, bit, a little bit about the light body and the stuff. You know, I've been reading this book here it's, uh, about the rainbow body and resurrection. And that's uh, the spiritual attainment of the Kempo H.O. And it was written by a father, Francis V. Tiso. And it just talks a, about... This happened in 1998. It's an actual thing. There was eyewitnesses. There was people around. The the rain that came down, the smell of the flowers and the fragrances. It's beautiful, and it's and the attestment to it that it's uh, a possibility that these people have been able to do that. Now, we're talking about it. Is it? Is this the ultimate goal of human life? Is it? Or what can a regular person? What a simple person who's working for a living, who, or, or who's taking care of his or her family, who's probably not going to be choosing the mystical path because they've got other things. What can they take from this awareness of the light body and the rainbow body and all this stuff? How can this knowledge benefit them in their lives um, and for their children? Well, I think that... Um to, you know, in a quiet way, realize that the mysteries and miracles that have been reported throughout history that are 2,000 years old, all the way back to Jesus, um, are still possible today. That, you know, I know when I was growing up, I, I, I heard these stories and read about and everything, and, and in my mind it was, well, you know, that was then. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we, uh, we read about Methuselah living 800 years. Well, there's people in India that have lived over 440 years wow. and, and just, just uh, moved on uh, like 15, 20 years ago. And so our species has got, I mean, our, the, 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 the possibilities for personal connection, personal growth. And for a, you said, you know, an ordinary common person that isn't going to choose a mystical path. Well, there are many saints that were not known yeah. by very many people. And in their own quiet way, they ascended to incredible connections with God and love in their heart. Yeah. So I I, I really think the big message here is that our species is capable of extraordinary internal realizations. And, you know, to go direct. I mean, it's great to have teachers and priests and rabbis and, 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 and other, you know, swamis and stuff to coach us along the way. However, 
stepping through the door of our own heart into deeper connections. Nobody, none of them can do that for us. Each individual has to walk through those doors in their own heart themselves. I absolutely agree. I think that, uh, you know, walking through that, we, we, we have to walk the path alone. Nobody else can do it. They've shown us the way to be able to do that in the capacity that as a species, as you were describing, of being able to achieve something or reach something or attain something is possible. It's, a, it's, it's miracles happen. The, the miraculous is there. The grace is there. And, you know, it's, I think it's so, I think it gives people hope. I think that's the, one of the key things. It gives you hope that there is something extraordinary about this existence. There's something extraordinary about God. There's something extraordinary about this human evolution that's taking place that we're all taking a part of. And it's an opportunity for us to just realize that there's something more within us that we just need to learn to how to access, no matter what our religious path may be. Exactly. And you mentioned the word grace. I really want to, uh, I guess, something that got revealed to me just last year. I did a two-week course with uh, Dr. Sharon Forrest, and I got initiated to the law of grace. <coughs> yes, please. I, Talk. Yeah. My experience is that the law of grace supersedes the law of karma. Now, what this means is that... Um, the price that somebody has to pay for something they did or didn't do in the past, whether it was this life or past lives, can be balanced and healed, and a person can move on from there. Mm -hmm. The two-week training that's coming up in October 13th to 27th in uh, Lake Arrowhead, Southern California, two-week course on the uh, results guaranteed is an initiation and a healing to the law of grace. And there'll be 30, 40, 50 processes and techniques that I experienced and that I'm giving to my friends and to others that, uh, I mean, so many things are, so much emotions are stored within. And some of those patterns come from past, either earlier this life or past lives, that continue to interfere with a person's ability to turn into their hearts. So this this training and initiation in the Results Guaranteed uh, workshop, uh, again, on anewalchemy.com under events, there is a uh, button that people can click on if they feel drawn to the two-week course. Uh, and uh, people will come out of that course able to start giving the healings. I have seen, I worked with a lady yesterday, and uh, in a past life she was hung for being a healer. And during the healing I saw burn marks manifest on her neck. And I've seen bruises show up on people's arms and legs and faces during the healings. So it is a process of uh, allowing a person to release pent-up emotions that cause physical symptoms, 
physical diseases. I believe all diseases are emotional. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this is a uh, uh, a really incredible opportunity. Dr. Sharon Forrest has been doing this for uh, 35 years, and she's trying to retire. She only agreed to do this because uh, my fiance, Devojananda, mm-hmm. and I agreed to organize the uh, all of the uh, mundane parts of the course so she could just show up and teach. But she has been rescuing street children in Peru for the last 35 years, mm-hmm. and uh, has five schools in Peru, and and she's a, an incredible human being that has. Uh, done healings on, you know, the A-list people in Hollywood to uh, government officials all over the world to, uh, you know, poor people that are laying on the street. And I've seen it happen. And uh, this is the real deal. I've studied energetic healing and medicine and healers all over the world for 35 years. And she's ascended to the top of my list in terms of uh, real, sincere, and results guaranteed. Wow, that's incredible! And that uh, and the retreat is October thirteenth through what's the dates again? The twenty seventh. October. And it's in twenty seventh, thirteenth to the twenty seventh of October. Okay. And it's in Lake Tahoe, and it includes uh, it'll it's a residential program. People will live there. We've rented four uh, mountain uh, uh, estates in uh, uh, Lake Tahoe. And uh, people will come to a, a big uh, uh, home with a big front room every day, uh, and they'll be cooked for. Uh, we have a, uh, a, uh, a chef that is going to do all the cooking, good healthy food, mm-hmm. and it'll be uh, it'll be a life-changing event. Wow, that sounds absolutely incredible, Ron. I, I you know I hope I can make it. <laughs> Uh, she sounds absolutely, and this law of grace is, uh, you know, that supersedes the law of karma. You know, how, how incredibly miraculous would that be for people's lives to be able to transform? Exactly. Yeah. We've, you know, we've heard of this. I mean, you have, you know, children in Fatima and you have all sorts of, you know, grace that is descended down on individuals. We know that it can happen. The thing is, learn how to step into the depths of your own heart, that through your heart you connect with the light, with God, with Jesus, with the angels, and request, beg, summon, that they flow that law of grace down through you for the individual that you're doing the healing on. I'm telling you, I've never seen anything like this. <laughs> wow. wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's incredible. Uh, it's for real. It, it, is, it is for real. You come to the two weeks and you'll see. Well, God willing, I will. <laughs> God willing, I will, Ron. I said I will. Um that's a cool. What role does uh, grace play in miracles? What is the, What is the role? Is there a role that grace plays? Well, you know, I don't know that I'm even qualified to talk about that. I mean, I see the results. Yeah. Um, and I know that grace is unearned blessings. Yeah. Yeah. So 
you know, probably, you know, uh, you know, Jesus or the angels or the uh, ascended masters that have dissolved into light would be better qualified to describe that uh, than me. Uh, <laughs> It was a, it was a hard question. I know it was a hard question, Rod. I, of course, you know I was like, I, I, I'm going I'm to give this to Rod. No, I, I, that's true. We don't know. I have seen. I mean, no. I have seen people, you know, shift incredibly. I have seen people that have been, you know, abused and raped and and all sorts of horrible things have happened to them, and their external energy is fast. It's harsh, it's short, and as brilliant as some of them are, they just struggle with making life work. And I gave a, a, a CCMBA, Complete Cellular Mind-Body Realignment, to uh, several people like this, and immediately people started saying to them, what's, what's different about you? You seem softer. You seem you 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 seem softer. You 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 feel more approachable. Uh, what happened? Yeah. I mean, it's that obvious. Wow, Ron, that's incredible. That's wow. What a gift uh, we've given uh, the, to give to the world. That changes people's lives instantly. It is. I mean, one yeah. person take the two week course, and they can come back and and give healings to their entire family, their community, and after they do the course, they're perfectly capable and qualified and understand how to call in the law of grace. For all you healers and therapists and uh, energy, uh, psychic energy healers that are tuning into this, please, this sounds like uh, this is a miracle for all of us to have. Uh, please look all to a and anualchemy.com anualchemy.com and sign up for the retreat um, yeah events it's under events it's under events and uh, wow Ron that's <laughs> uh, I'm uh, I'm gonna be sitting with this a little bit afterwards after we get done with I can't believe we're almost done with the interview I mean it's gone by so fast it's like we're here right up at the end um, and just a real quick announcement we are on kuhsdenver.com. You are listening to this incredible show on KUHSDenver.com, broadcasting all around the world, music, programs like this. Please support this station, and uh, thank you for being on this show. Ron, um, before we go, could you give one piece of advice, one bit of wisdom from your life experience to our audience, and what would that be? Next time you're driving on the freeway and you get upset with somebody, look within your own heart as to what caused you to get upset. Did they get in your way? Do you have a right? Are they on the way to the hospital because somebody's sick? Anytime we allow a negative emotion to enter into our emotional, uh, mental, psychic awareness, it's our responsibility to deal with our own inner world. Hmm. We're responsible. It's we are responsible. A hundred percent responsible. Wow. 
And it's we're not taking responsibility for our own emotions, our own feelings, our own attitudes, all that stuff. We are not doing the work. And uh, I agree. You know, it's, sometimes it's so easy to project it out onto somebody else or project it into to blaming somebody as the reasons for whatever it is you're feeling. But we all are responsible for our own stuff. And, uh, boy, what a world would that be if we all took that responsibility. <laughs> Right. Just starting to notice yeah. that, you know, we have some disruption going on within us can start the curious investigation of, you know, what can I do? What should I do? How should I approach this? Should I talk to a therapist? Should I talk to a priest, a rabbi? Um, you know, should I go to an energy workshop? I mean, what should I do? Just starting to think about doing something about what you find within yourself is a wonderful place to start. Mm. Well, it, and uh, it can be so hard, but it, to, it is liberating once you start doing that because it, it's like an onion. You keep pulling back different layers, and those new layers, is, as they, you get closer and closer to your true essence, to who you really yeah. are, which is, which is love. Love. Yeah. love. Love, love, love. That's it. The Beatles were right. All there is is love. <laughs> All there is is love. Love. Uh, Ron, thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you for being Bless on you. here. Please go. Love you. Love you. Uh, thank you. And please go to anu, uh, alchemy com. A-N-U-A-L-C-H-E-M-Y.com. And buy some Mormus, get some Navapasham water. We didn't get a chance to talk about that, but go there and sign up for the retreat. Uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom, your gifts, your understanding. Uh, it has been such an honor and a blessing uh, for you to come on this show. So thank you so much, Ron. Thank you. Folks, um, we are coming back in two weeks. Uh, we've got another great couple shows lined up. We're going to be uh, moving into uh, talking with a mom who had experienced her child, uh, losing her child because of the opioid epidemic. We're going to be talking about that and, and helping how to help, how people can help to give other mothers an opportunity to, uh, to, to protect and save their kids. And uh, thank you so much for being on the show here with uh, the council. We'll be back on in two weeks. Um, May you all be well, may you all be free of pain and suffering, and may you all be whole. The council is adjourned. God bless. Thank you, folks, on the international camera. We're uh, you're just finishing up with the show. The cancel. I hope what an amazing show. What, a, what gifts that were shared on this show today can take it into your lives. Thank you for tuning in from wherever you are from around the world. Uh, this show is for you, and uh, I wish you all the very best. And see you in two weeks. We'll have a next wonderful guest uh, on this show. Thank you for tuning in to the council. God bless.